welcome to the eighth episode of Egg Type Boutique. Be prepared. Where I, Issa Merritt, and I, Adria Merritt, will chat with Tyrese Ruff, owner of Ruff Customs, who is the artist and entrepreneur who creates custom sneakers. So, Issa, one of the things that stands out about the interview or the chat that we had with Tyrese is how his business launched unexpectedly for him. He was cool with selling to friends, selling to family, but then all of a sudden he had a takeoff moment where he got nationwide attention and he felt like he lost money because he wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared for what happened when he was launched into the limelight. So do you think that being prepared has to do with your level of expectations? Because when I think about that and reflect it, I wonder, was he not expecting to take off as quickly and as broadly as he did. So what do you think about that? Is it expectations? This definitely goes into what we were talking about before. We're not having those set expectations and being prepared for anything will definitely help you. So in this case, if anyone is starting something, just be prepared for the best outcome to happen and it will. Hmm, I like it, the best outcome to happen. And I think we can certainly say that thanks to his custom creation for something in the water that he had a best outcome. So even though he wasn't prepared, it shifted him. And now he's taking the necessary steps to make sure he is always prepared. So let's take a listen to our conversation with Tyrese Ruff from Ruff Customs. I'm excited to be here this afternoon to speak with creative and entrepreneur Tyrese Ruff, who is the artist and entrepreneur behind Rough Customs. Tyrese, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Introduce your business. I want to hear how you like to present yourself to the world. Uh, It's great to be here as well. It's great to be here. Obviously, like you said, my name is Tyrese Rough. I have been the sole creator of Rough Customs for about three to four years now. I've been doing custom shoes and custom designs. I actually, I've been an official business in the state of Virginia for only a year now. Last year was the first year that I went and actually applied, got my business license and uh, moved forward with the process of actually becoming official in the state of Virginia. But prior to that, I really was just, you know I'm saying, doing it as a something on the side just to make a little bit of extra money. As far as the business goes, uh, there's two parts to it. There are two parts to the business. What a lot of people don't see is the web design aspect of the business. So actually I do uh, shoe designs as well as website development and website designs for a couple of local businesses and organizations such as like nonprofits and things like that as well. Okay, so you left me with a whole lot of questions that I want to ask now. So I think I want to start by how, because you do custom shoes, and that's what first sparked my interest and how I was like, well, those shoes are really nice. So how did you, were you always an artist? And what made you decide to, if so, tell me your journey from realizing, whoa, I can do this art on shoes and have a market. Yes, so art is really whatever you want it to be and however you want to perceive it. I've always been an artist. If I had to say somebody who I picked up my artistry from, I'd say my mother. My mother as well can draw and paint. So I would say if anything, it was a 
maybe a, a born talent that I received from her genetically. I never really enjoyed any art classes. So any anything that I have is natural. It's nice that you had another outlet, especially saying how your mom is an artist. And so you obviously got to see her creating as you were growing yes. up. Yes. It seems like you had an outlet at home that allowed you to be more open and free with your creation. Which So did your mother nurture that talent? Did she give you pointers as you were growing up? Yes, she actually did. Like I said, my mother, she had to design art. She designed art for herself and she also designed art for school for her degree. So a lot of times she'd have like art projects and different tasks that she had to complete as an artist. And a lot of times I'd find myself mimicking whatever it was that she was doing. So if, you know what I'm saying, for her project that week, she had to draw an action figure. Most of the time she'd end up using my action figure because she didn't keep them. So (laughs) as she draw, you know what I'm saying, one of my action figures, I'd find myself either sitting right beside her or as soon as she was done, drawing the same action figure. And then comparing the art, you know what I'm saying, side by side, seeing, hey, well, why does yours look like this? Why does mine look like this? These are areas that I need to improve in. But I would say she was always positive and always uplifting towards my art. She never really put me down. She was corrective in certain areas or gave me pointers and gave me suggestions, like you said, yes, but. Okay, so how did you go from drawing, doing the artwork, obviously motivated, inspired, getting guidance from your mom, right? Mm -hmm. To, hey, I can do this and put it on shoes. So the getting into the shoe design was actually kind of a process. So uh, originally my, when I really started getting into what I'd say my creative lane in a sense, I was just sketching. I started off sketching just to sketch with things that I wanted to draw or things that my close friends wanted me to draw for them. Um, I go to school, take requests from, you know what I'm saying, my closest friends hey, you know, I really like this. Could you draw me this? And I just write their name down and write what it is that they wanted me to draw. And then whenever I felt any type of inspiration to draw, I'd go draw their art and then, you know what I'm saying, give it to them. Eventually it got to a point where a couple of my friends said, hey, you know, you're really good. You should think about doing tattoos. I never really had an interest in doing tattoos, but I did have an interest in being a sketch artist. So like, it really started with me designing uh, mock-up tattoos for close friends and family. So uh, give me a timeline, back up. So when you're taking orders from your friends, right? Is this middle yes. school? Is this high school? What is this? This is, I'd say it originally started sixth grade. It picked up around ninth and 10th grade is when I really started to get a lot of requests. So did you ever sell or did you always give away? No, I just gave away. It was just something that I wanted to keep drawing. And um, I didn't always have inspiration as an artist to draw something specifically. So it was easy for me to be able to take requests uh, to say, hey, you know, do you want something drawn? You have a tattoo of mine that you're, you're thinking about getting. So it was really easy for me to find more material to create from getting requests from others. Okay. So I've seen your work on Vans. I've seen your work on Nikes. And like you said, completely different 
I've seen cloth. I want to say I've seen leather. So yes, I want to hear your exact story of when you knew that you were going to take your art, put it on shoes, and this was going to be your business. I got to that point. Senior year was the year that I decided. So the reason that I even got into shoes before the custom design, the custom designs was uh, shoe restoration, actually, which is kind of similar in a sense, but it's just not as much uh, art and creativeness to it. It's more so just fixing any type of problem areas. So originally I started with the shoe restoration aspect. That was junior year and senior year of high school when I really got into that. The reason that I got into that was because I really like certain shoes, specifically Jordans, which happen to be pretty expensive retail price when it comes to men's sizes. So I got to a point where I wanted those shoes and I didn't have, you know what I'm saying, the funds to necessarily purchase them on my own. And after having countless conversations with my parents about them, they basically had a, an understand. Well, the way they explained it to me was, hey, you can get two to three pairs of shoes for the one price of this one. So we're going to leave it the option and the decision up to you to say, hey, if you want this pair of shoes for your school year, this is going to be the only pair you get, as opposed to using your budget wisely to get multiple pairs to get various outfits out of them. So that's how it originally started. I really couldn't afford the Jordans. So what I found out was I can purchase these Jordans lightly used in decent condition, not brand new, maybe some scuffs, maybe some creases and things like that. And then I can take the time and put in the work to restore it and make it look new. So that's how I originally started getting into working with shoes in the first place. It wasn't until I actually had a friend of mine who noticed what I was doing to these shoes, he, he picked up on the fact that I was getting Jordans for like 40, 50, sometimes $80 at the max. So where were which, you getting them? Were you ordering them? Where were you going? I would actually pick them up from friends, just people who was like, hey, I got these Jordans, like they're beat up. You know what I'm saying? They're about to be my play shoes now, or they're getting ready. I'm getting ready to throw them out. I'm like, hey, you know, don't throw them out. Like, I, you know, I'll take them. Like, what size are they? And a lot of times, if they were my size, they didn't really care for them at that point because they were already ready to make them play shoes or throw them out. So a lot of times they give it to me for a really discounted price. And I, like I said, the retail price for Jordans and men's sizes, especially like eight and up, usually range from like 190 to 210. So you figure I was getting these shoes for about $40, $50 each when they're normally $190 to $200. And then with about, like I said, four, maybe six hours of work, that shoe looks brand new. So I had friends that started picking up on what I was doing, especially the friends that sold me the shoes. They'd see the shoe and they're like, there's no way that's the same shoe. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And they're like, okay, yeah, I'm never selling you a pair of shoes again. <laughs> Instead, I'll just come to you to have you fix them. So that's how it kind of got started. And then I had a friend that contacted me, asked me, could I fix his? I did. And at that time, I wasn't really charging anything. It was more so just helping a friend out. And I was still learning my craft. So it was a way for me to be able to have stuff to work on and learn, but also help out my friends. So that's how I got into the the clientele type. I did shoes while I was in school. Um, I did shoes while uh, within the army. Um, I actually had an agreement because 
there's certain regulations and certain things you have to follow in order to do it on campus. And at that time, I was staying on campus. Um, where you, where were you? A, where were you in school? Norfolk State University. Okay, go ahead. Um, Shout out so to yes. the NSU Spartans. <laughs> yes, indeed. Behold the green and gold. Okay. Um, so I was actually staying on campus at the time. And in order for me to do my custom shoes and use a lot of the materials that I needed to create, I had to have certain safety, certain safety equipment set in line just in case anything were to go left. I have, being that I use an airbrush on certain projects, I had to have a way to exhaust the room because at that time I didn't have my own room. I had a, I had a roommate. So I had to have a way to exhaust the room out. I had to have a way just in case the heater over, overheated itself, the actual uh, air compressor. What would happen is I would have to have like extra fire extinguishers just to be on the safe side if something were to catch on fire. So there was a lot of regulations that I had to go through with Norfolk State to actually do it on campus. But you found you had a good market. Yes. So it was definitely worth the investment that you had to make to make sure you're following the regulations. Yes, most definitely. So it sounds like if I'm looking at your timeline, you were interested in art all through. School wasn't really doing it for you, but you were fortunate that you have a mother who's an artist who you could emulate. You had friends who saw your talent. You got to refine Mm -hmm. your craft by creating requests for them to kind of hone in. Then you ended up realizing, transferring that gift that you were building up because someone mentioned tattoos, but you decided not to go that route, but you would Mm -hmm. practice it on what people envision. And then you love shoes, but your parents are like, we're not paying that money for shoes. So you were innovative (laughs) enough to come up with your own way to still get them. And you worked on being able to refine them, which then launched you into another phase, which was realizing that you could apply your two interests, art and sneakers, and merge them and launch into a business. Is that a good summation of how Rough Creations jumped off? Yes, exactly. Hit the nail on the head. When you come to me and you get a design, get something that you can't walk into your local shoe store and pick up off the shelf. Hence, it's custom. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to make it custom. I like to try to tailor my designs to each client. You know what I'm saying? Somewhere on the shoe, I try to do something that gives them that individuality and that personal connection to the design. The big uh, something in the water festival that yes. Pharrell had. Mm-hmm. I created a something in the water design on a pair of Air Force Ones for somebody who was going to the festival. It was actually a, a, a close friend of mine at the time. It was actually one of my mentees, actually. He was going to the event and he had wanted a custom pair for me for a while. And I told him, I said, well, hey, uh, aren't you going to the festival? He was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, I want a custom pair for the festival. And I'm like, okay. I said, so how about we give you something that nobody else at the festival probably will have? I developed this design idea to in a sense, take inspiration from Pharrell's logo, the something in the water logo that was being advertised and take that same color scheme and place it on the shoe, making it in a sense a something in the water design on the Air Force Ones. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I mean, that sounds cool. 
he really didn't have anything in mind that he really wanted. So he just told me, hey, I'm going to get these shoes. You do what you want to them. But me just being a creator, knowing what he was going to and what he was going to be using them for, I tried to give him something that would make him stand out. You know what I'm saying? Outside the crowd. That's a lot of people. And obviously, if you want custom shoes, either you're have, you're getting custom shoes for attention as an attention uh, an attention grabber, or you're getting custom shoes as a personal connection type of thing. And he didn't really have the personal connection, so automatically, I'm assuming, hey, he's getting these custom shoes to draw attention towards himself. So let me give him a design that's going to draw attention to him. So yes, I create the something in a water design. That one was the one that jump-started, really gave me the jump-start to say, all right, I can actually take this serious and then start investing in myself a lot more, putting more time into this because the amount of positive feedback that I got from creating that design, the amount of people who wanted to place orders, wanted that design specifically, it really blindsided me, like I said, because I was, I wasn't at a low at that point, but I wasn't um, where I am now at that point either. So for me to just post a design thinking, hey, this is a, just a general design, just like my, any of my other ones, and for everybody to react to it the way they did, it really blindsided me on the business aspect because I realized how unprepared I was to take orders, how unprepared I was um, for people to be able to reach out and put in a request or so how did that make you adjust so because of that you had to adjust right yes immediately so the first the very first thing i did following that i updated my website because i had a very very basic website one that it it really wasn't much to it it was more like an online gallery Mm -hmm. in a sense the the very first thing i did was updated my website and this was my first website before i have the current one now so I updated my website, had the ability to take orders up there or submit requests, things like that. I made it able to be able to take online purchases, things like that, because none of that was available at first. Because like you um, said, it was just a gallery. Right. It was pretty much just a gallery. So when I had all these people contacting me from different states, not just Virginia, but all over, hey, how can I order? Hey, how do I put in a request for a custom shoe? And I was just stuck uh, it was like a deer in headlights because i didn't i never expected it so it really like i said that was really what jump started the business aspect of things and i realized hey i'm really unprepared on a business level because if i get an out-of-state client how do they place an order you know what i'm saying it was at a point where all i had ever worked with was friends and family or you know what i'm saying a friend of a friend that was local here in Virginia. So it was just a matter of, hey, I'm gonna give you my friend's number, they want custom shoes, or hey, can I give my friend your number? They would look for somebody to do custom shoes. And that would be it. And that's pretty much as far as it went. So now I'm at a point where I get orders from, you know what I'm saying, all over the all over the US, I get orders. So now I have to have it to where it's accessible to these people to be able to place an order online. Hey. Can, I'm gonna go to your website, put in a request, making sure people are having, you know, saying professional invoices with their work. And this is the time period when you put that business plan in place. I was like, yeah, never again, never again. Because when I, I, I'm a very, 
I would say business oriented type of person. I I, I would I would say like you you would probably know that just from when we were at Spark, um, when I was roaming the hallways, mm -hmm. I, I always wanted to know what was going on. I always even like if I order didn't have and structure. Answer, I can, yeah, if I didn't yeah. have the answer, I was going to get the answer. And I was going to make sure everything was going the way it was supposed to go. And just how I was with Spark, I was, I'm the same way with pretty much everything else. So when it came to the shoes, I went back and read through every single message, every email, every direct message on every social page. I, I calculated pretty much the amount of money that... I missed out on in that one setting of time, the amount of orders. Because you weren't prepared. Up because I wasn't prepared. Mm. And I added everything up that I missed out on. And I, I looked at that number. I wrote it down. And to this day, I remember that number. I went and I talked to my mom. I remember going home and talking to my mom and saying, Ma, I missed out on this amount of money. She said, how? And I said, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for people to want my work. I wasn't prepared. Mm. People were ready to order. I didn't know how they should be able to place the order. I didn't know how much I should be charging. I was charging family and friend rates. So now that I have people that want to order out of state, I'm not sure how much I should charge them. How much do I charge for shipping? How do I ship? You know what I'm saying? Because it's shoes. How should I ship it? What's the best way? I knew nothing. I was completely unprepared. So to this day, and it may not even sound like a lot, but within a, a, a two-week span, I missed out on roughly $3,500. For a college sophomore two-week span, please, yeah. that is absolutely significant, especially when you're saying that it didn't have to happen you know, right. on one sense, but on the other sense, I do believe it did have to happen because that's what had to happen in order for you to get and make sure you were prepared. Does that exactly. make sense? Exactly. Yeah. Because if it never happened, I would have never been prepared. I would have never knew that it was time to upgrade. But I've been told several times, like I said, between friends and family, hey, you need to start charging more. Hey, you need to upgrade. Like, you're doing well. Your work's good. Like, it's time to start pushing. I, I, I'm saying I took to the compliments well, but I'm a very, I criticize, I'm, I'm my, biggest, my biggest criticist. I criticize myself more than I think anybody else does. For me, like I said, that moment and me missing out on that amount of money at that point in time was really an eye opener. And like I said, when it happened, as soon as it was over, I said, never again, never again. It will not be me. I'm going to get this thing in order. I'm going to get, you know what I'm saying? Figure out what it is that I need to do. I need to figure out packaging. I need to figure out shipping costs. And at that point, that's really when my degree started to help me because I was able to design my own website. I was able to integrate what I needed on my site so that it would help me in the best way possible as far as my out-of-state orders, calculating shipping costs, all that stuff. I was able to just integrate that within my website. So it really helped me out in that aspect. But what I will say, like I said, that is the point where the business aspect jump started. Then That's you've been where rolling really ever since, off. we can say. Ever since then, I've been pushing for it. So then let me, go ahead. So upgrading up equipment, upgrading mm -hmm. 
um, yes, the big thing is really upgrading equipment, learning new skills, learning new ways to do things. I so evolving, you evolve, yes, exactly. you're constantly evolving. Yes, even to this day. Even so to then this day. if you had to think of a younger person who's coming up behind you, right, who mm-hmm. is looking at how, because it sounds like things merged well for you. You were able to take what you enjoyed doing when you were growing up. You were mm-hmm. able to take it and use it to take care of something you wanted that your parents weren't going to provide for you. And then on another note, you were able to use what you had gone to school for and mesh it. So it seems like you had the perfect opportunity to integrate so much together to get you to the next point. Mm -hmm. Each time it pushed you to the next point. So if you were to think about, you're still going to continue to evolve and you don't ever want to be unprepared again. If you had to think of three words that are essential for any young business person coming up. So for example, one of them I could say for you could be prepared. You know, one word could be Definitely. prepared. But if you had to come up with three words, preparation even better, what three words would you say are important for any young entrepreneur who is serious about launching a successful business? The, the first one's definitely going to be preparation. The second one, I'm going to say invest. And the, let me think on this third one. I'm definitely going to go with preparation and invest for the first two. Okay. Uh, the third one, I want to say inspiration. And that is the perfect segue because Issa is going to talk to you about inspiration. So I couldn't have scripted that any better myself, right? Because she is going to want to delve deeper into what inspires you, period. Not just as an artist or entrepreneur, but what is your inspiration, period. So I want to thank you for your time. But before we move, I want you to shout out your business. I want to find out more about, I want some custom-made sneakers, either because it's something important to me or I want to stand out. Tell me how I can find you so I can get some work done. Absolutely. So my Instagram and my Twitter both have the same handle. It's going to be underscore rough, R-U-F-F, customs. Customs is with a Z. The S is not an S, it's a Z. And then a second underscore at the end. That is going to be my Instagram and Twitter. Website is roughcustoms.com. And that's with a Z. That is with an S. So the social links have a Z. The website has a standard S. The official business name has a standard S as well. The Z, the S wasn't available on the social link, so I added the Z just so I could try to keep it as close as possible. So everybody, this is Tyrese Ruff, the creator, the entrepreneur, the force behind Ruff Customs. Please make sure to check him out and give him some support. And right now we are going to delve deeper into his inspiration because he is saying as an up-and-coming entrepreneur, preparation, investment, and inspiration are the key. Tyrese, thank you so much for chatting with me this Sunday. One of the things, Issa, I think that stood out in the chat that, that you and Tyrese had was you all talked about growth and this idea of being open to growth. And I thought that was interesting concept of being open to growth because you think just by virtue of being alive, you're going to grow and you're going to evolve. But do you think, is it possible to close off growth? Does growth require a willingness it definitely does, because if you're just settling for what you have, 
and you're okay with just what you have, then that's where you're going to stay because it's like you don't want to get bigger. So you don't think then that just life happening to you, situations of life happening to you, because even if you're satisfied where you are, life happens. And so by virtue of life happening, does that cause people to grow and to evolve? Or again, are you saying no, even if life happens, you can stay where you are? Yeah, you can definitely still stay where you are because if these things are happening, you might move along that path. But if you're not internalizing what happened and learning from that and wanting to make something out of that, then you're not going to. Okay, so as we dig a little bit deeper into Tyrese's journey as an entrepreneur, we are going to find out more about his evolution because he was certainly open to growth, he was willing to grow, and he's reaping the benefits of it. So here's Issa and Tyrese as they chat a little bit more about the journey and the evolution of Rough Customs. So I'm Issa, and I want to know first, why did you choose to show your art through shoes? So actually, I chose to show my art through shoes, partially because I really enjoy shoes. I really love shoes. I feel like shoes kind of piece together most outfits. So for me, I like shoes that were really expensive that at the time I really couldn't afford. Um, So my main thing was being able to get shoes for a cheaper price, whether they were used or getting ready to be thrown out, but then I could put the time into it to restore it and make it look brand new. So that's originally, that's the first art that I got into before I got into the graphic design art on shoes. Can I put art on a shoe? And I was just doing trial and error with some friends and family shoes that either they didn't want or they were getting ready to throw out. And that's when I really started developing the skills to design on shoes from there. That's cool. I saw some of your designs. They look uh, really cool. Thank you. So, um, when you're when you're doing these shoes, I guess the pe- do the people show you like what kind of design they want? Um, so it varies. Some people will come to me with the design idea already in mind. Some people will come to me with a concept in mind. They know that they want these colors, but they don't know where they want them, how they want them or what shoe that they want them on. Sometimes I get people that give me a shoe and they have absolutely no idea what they want on the shoe. So it really just varies each client. What I will say is depending on the client, I treat each client different, each client as an individual. So when I have a client that reaches out to me that says, hey, you know, I want a custom design, but I'm not really sure what to get. I'll have a conversation with that person, ask them, hey, what's your interest? What are things that you like to do? What are things that you're attached to? You know what I'm saying? What is it? What is something that you would like to have reflected on your shoe in a sense forever? Pretty much how that process goes. That's nice. So that sounds like you have like a lot of creative direction over what you do. It's like, do you like doing the more freestyle? You get to do whatever you want or like when they give you more guidance? I actually, I actually prefer more guidance. Really? Um, I like for the, the people, the clients to, to know what it is that they want in a sense. That way I can just attack that one thing and focus on, hey, this is what they want. This is what I need to make happen for them. As opposed to having the creative freedom, I may like something and do something and say, hey, I think this should go here. Or this should go there. This should be this color. 
but they may not particularly like that idea. So even though they gave me, you know what I'm saying, creative control, I can end up producing a final product that they may not like as much as something else because of that creative control. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if someone like wanted a design that you didn't think looked good, would you try to like give them those suggestions or would you just go with what they wanted? Um. So as a creator, I feel like I always have to give them the suggestion or give them the information at least and let them make the best decision for them. There's been several times that people have asked for design implements or design concepts that I am either highly against or 100% against. And I let them know, hey, I really would suggest not doing that. And these are the reasons why I suggest not doing that. I usually will, you know I'm saying, tell people and explain why they shouldn't do what it is that they're thinking. Mm -hmm. But like I tell them at the end of the day, this is your shoe and this is a product that you're paying for. So if that's what you want, then by all means, that's what you're going to get. So there's been several situations that I've run into that. Okay. So have your experiences with your business? Do you like it as much as when you first started? Like, do you still have that same passion to do that art I'd say definitely more I definitely have more passion than before Um, oh wow I definitely have more passion than when I originally started okay that's cool so since you said that you actually got more passionate for it would you think about expanding it into something even bigger and if you did what would your vision be for that if i were to expand larger well i've expanded once already at this point but if i had to say an end goal of vision for my business i'd be the lead creator uh the lead customizer of my business and i'd have several other artists working under my name or working underneath Rough Customs. But I still would like for those individuals to have their own individuality, such as their own business name and own creator's name. However, in a sense, Rough Customs would be a hub for shoe customizers and creators to help them expand, grow businesses, to help them with receiving equipment, things like that. If there was any type of expansion that I would root for or shoot for it would definitely be something along those lines I like those ideas okay so what sum up what inspires you to and motivates you to continue doing this and continue to want to grow in your business and get bigger I guess the easiest way to sum it up would just be uh support support from friends and family family being a big one Uh, I had a lot of support from my parents, a lot of support from close friends that really were pushing me to to keep going, really was pushing me to say, hey, like, you're really good at this. You need to, you can, you can really, you know what I'm saying, lock in and create a market for yourself because Virginia is known for a lot of custom stuff, but custom shoes, we don't really, and, and I say this in a sense of me not knowing, but to my knowledge, we don't have a really big, famous type of customizer. 
in our area. Shoe customization is really big in the South and on the West Coast, out in California area. We have some big time customizers that are in this general area on the East Coast. But as far as one from Virginia, I'm not too familiar with any that are from Virginia and that are still living in Virginia that are really like big time customizers. So there is kind of like a market and an avenue that was open for me to kind of take that mantle in a sense. And a lot of my friends and family were really pushing me towards it saying, hey, you know what I'm saying? You could really be the top dog of customizing in Virginia if that's what you want to do. You keep pushing, you keep, you know what I'm saying? You keep grinding and going towards that goal. That's something that can be accomplished. I didn't really tap into it fully until after I released the something in the water design a couple of years ago for Pharrell and the amount of attention I received from just different people around the world, local news channels contacted me to ask me if I wanted to be on the news, if I wanted to have the shoes displayed on the news. You know what I'm saying? I actually got invited out there to the festival to display the shoes. Oh, that's really cool. So it was that for me was my you know everybody has their they feel like they have their their 10 minutes of fame or that one post that goes viral that was my jump starter after that i really bought into the the idea of saying hey i could do this i can really make a market out of this even though i was still learning even though i was still growing as an artist and a shoe designer i was at a point where i was open to the idea of it and just being open to the idea of growth is is the start is really the kickstart of of growing your business because if you're not even open to the concept or idea of growth you're not going to go anywhere so i definitely say my inspiration was friends and family and 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 just positive affirmation from others around me i love that point about how you were talking about if you don't think you can grow you're not going to go anywhere do you you still have that same support group from when you started out Absolutely. They're still, they still support me strong, even to this day, even, even with me doing positive and, and being successful as I am now, which I still feel there's plenty of room to grow. And they, they think the same thing and they're still pushing me to this day, still pushing me to this day. And I have a a very close knit type of group that my original supporters. I like to do things for my original supporters, people who have been supporting me since the start. I really look out for them, special discounts, things like that. If they want to get designs and stuff done, they are always shouting me out, always sharing my posts. They they do their best to bring me more clients because you were able to bring me more business. Now I'm going as a business owner, I'm going to do what it is that I can do to help you. So I offer a rewards program, um, which is on the back of my um, on the back of my business cards. And what I do is it's a referral program. Anybody who you refer, if they actually follow through uh, 100% and get a design done, that referral. So if you later down the line decide that you want to get a pair done, I give you 20% off of whatever design that you want to get. And that's just from bringing me more business. And then I have a second rewards program where 
for my repeat customers, my customers that come to me quite frequently, for every five pairs of shoes that they do, they get one design for free. So if you get five different pairs done, that sixth one will be a free design. There's no limit on what it is that you can get. You can go as crazy as you would like. You can go as subtle as you would like, but that design would be free. Okay. That sounds, I love that. Especially how you're interacting with your customers and it sounds like you get get their personal information for the, that goes into the designs and you really have a solid customer base. But one thing, my last question is, so when you started out and you got all this attention, all of a sudden, did you, were you ready for that? Absolutely not. I was not ready whatsoever. Uh, I upgraded my equipment, uh, which is a big investment. Investment can be, you know what I'm saying, physical. It can be tangible items. It can be um, time. It can be anything. It can be money. I feel like as an entrepreneur, you have to invest in yourself. You have to. Even if you may not have funds to, inv- to invest in yourself financially and other people may financially invest in you, you still have to take those funds and invest your time to grow. So regardless, there's going to be some type of investment that you're going to have to give towards your business if you want to be successful, if you want it to thrive. That was an amazing point. <laughs> thank you. Your answers have been amazing. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.